0: Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, it seems like it's been a long winter, doesn't it? But last, spring is here. The robins in my garden, well, they're building a nest. Uh, there's crocuses and daffodils and blossom all bursting into bloom and the Wilderhood Watch have spotted red-tailed and early bumblebee queens popping out to stretch their wings. Now, bumblebee queens hibernate through the winter but they will fly in warm spells, stopping for up to 45 minutes for a rest. So if you see an unusually large bee you sat still for a long time, that's probably what it will be. Now, if you were listening last week, you'll have heard 20s Plenty for St Albans district campaigner Colin Hodges talking about his hopes for a motion which was to be put before St Albans district council last Wednesday. Now, the motion was presented by Green Party Councillor Simon Grover and called for, first of all, the leader of St Albans District Council to request that Harts County Council prioritise the establishment of wide area 20 mile an hour speed limits in St Albans District And also that the council work with officers of Harts County Council to draw up detailed plans on the scope, funding and implementation timetable of these schemes. Now, Councillor Simon Grover said 20 million people in the UK already benefit from wide area 20 mile an hour zones and they are always popular. The County Council has budget for this, so I look forward to them moving swiftly to the design stage. And 20's Plenty for St Albans District spokesperson Colin Hodges added, We're delighted that this motion has been passed by St Albans District Council. We look forward to continuing to work with the council and the local community to help develop wide area 20 mile an hour zones that will provide safer, less polluted and more sociable streets for St Albans, Harpenden and local villagers. We trust that Harts County Council would recognise the high level of community support that was behind last Wednesday's vote. Now, coming up later, the local man who found himself in court for protesting about the climate. But first, St Albans District Council has been awarded a £250,000 Green Homes Grant to make up to 50 homes in St Albans District carbon neutral. The money has been from a government fund to help finance a pilot scheme to improve the District Council's social rented properties. I spoke to Councillor Jackie Taylor, portfolio holder for housing, inclusion and protection to find out how the money would be spent and what the council hopes to achieve. Councillor Taylor, thank you very much indeed for joining me. So the award that the council has been given is to be spent on just 50 of the council's 5,000 properties. So how will you decide which homes will get the improvements?
1: So the scheme from the government was about targeting the most inefficient properties, so, set in that was that properties had to be of an energy performance rating D or less. The majority of the council stock is actually rated C. So, that automatically rules out a significant proportion of our properties under this scheme from the government. So, of those that are D or less on the, on, those, on the EPC rating, we have information on our properties, so for example, the type of property, be a house, a maisonette, flat. Typically flats are not such a low EPC rating, so this is mostly about of houses, maisonettes. They have different construction methods And the council's written to it, they wrote to inform tenants of the pilot programme, to tell them about the work and encouragement to take part in it. Now a letter is being prepared to go out to actually ask tenants if they would like to have this work done to their home. And obviously there's the incentive that the council's aim is that it will reduce the cost of their heating bills. So... Whether we get to the, the 50 we need, whether we're above that or whether we're slightly below that, then we may, we may have to adjust uh, you know, and, and include some others. But we are, we are largely bound by the, the terms of government scheme.
0: Right. OK. Now, the grant gives £5,000 per home. How much money will um, St Thomas District Council be putting in?
1: So to make a bid into this project, it was done on a match funded basis. So the council has to put a minimum of 250,000 into the project which it is doing. We also sort of have a, a sort of contingency pot where if we're doing a home that's actually going to cost more than 10,000 pounds worth of work, the council has a contingency pot to actually do it and make that home more much more efficient in terms of how it's heated, insulated, etc. So a, a minimum of, of 250 50, 000. so the ho- overall project is 500,000.
0: Yes, okay. um, because if if you're aiming to make the homes carbon neutral, that's not actually that much per home, is it?
1: Well, the main aim of the work is to replace uh, the heating, to take gas out of the properties and move to air source heat pumps. Another way of uh, actually, just, just referring back to your previous question on um, how to identify properties, the ones were also the ones with older, very poorly performing boilers are ones that we... We hope to include if a property for for whatever reason has had to quite fairly recently had a, a new boiler, we don't want to go sort of taking something out because that's, that's also not a great in terms of obviously the lot of the lifetime of those boilers so that, that's the main, main piece of work but it, but it is a whole sort a whole house approach so we'll be looking at loft insulation depending on the fabric of the, the construction of the building the cavity wall insulation possibly and this is where I say that there's a sort of contingency pot of funds if we need to look at external insulation perhaps some solar panels so it can go above ten thousand but the approach and this is on this sort of pilot scheme is that ten thousand pounds if you're doing just your own one house may not be enough exactly as, as you say but to do this across 50 properties you do get some some cost savings there
0: so you've said there that you'll be looking at at heat pumps solar panels lots of insulation will you be using the same approach for each of the properties or will there be something experimental about this seeing you know which combination works works best
1: no it won't be exactly the same per property and the aims of this pilot is because as we have 5000 properties they are not all the same And as we have a a longer term aim to to do all our properties, we want to learn as much as possible from this pilot. So that also means we don't just select 50 of the same properties. We aim to do a mix of properties. It still has to be amongst the most poorly performing ones. But if we have a particular style of maisonette build, we want to make sure we include some of those and then all the different types of house construction. So some as I say, some may be in need and can have cavity wall insulation, some can't. So we, we aim to look at different properties, the different types of properties that are in our stock and see what needs doing to each of them because what we really want this to do is to inform the programme of what we're going to do to the remaining sort of 4,900 properties that we own.
0: A crucial part of any eco home, it's said, is the person or people living there. How are you going to ensure that the tenants living in those 50 homes get the best out of the improvements?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, firstly, writing to people to ask them to be part of this project. So what we want them to do is to consent and to agree and that they actually choose to be part of it. I think that's a key part. If people want to have this work done, they want to be part of this project. You're already already part of the way there. In them understanding the benefits to the environment. It's also important to us that this is actually Not as important it is to the environment, but actually that we're targeting fuel poverty. The aim is that their heating bills will reduce. So there is a big incentive that they will be able to save money. You know, and we do address the fuel poverty we know exists. We will also be ensuring that where it is a different heating system, they're provided with information and support to to understand how the air source heat pump works in their home and what changes they may see whether a a radiator is a cooler temperature than they they used to or all those sorts of things. So we're making sure all that happens as well. Uh, At the end of the day, we, we want them to have cheaper bills and I'd be hopeful that they would want
0: that too. So you mentioned fuel poverty there. obviously, fuel poverty isn't something that's restricted to local authority housing. There's plenty of people around Saint Tobin's living in, in private housing or privately rented housing who are in fuel poverty, and indeed we're all going to need to make our homes carbon neutral at some point in the future. So can we all learn from this? Will you be doing anything to ensure that the rest of us can learn from this project as well as the council? Yes, but
1: the, the, I mean there are challenges for. for and the individual homeowners. So we have to have a pilot. It's it's fifty properties. We get the cost savings associated by doing a program. The way we will contract a company to deliver the various parts. What's needed, and, and that does become much more expensive on an individual basis. The current cost of air source heat pumps is higher than gas boiler is. So as with so many things, the cost of those things do come down, but, but they are needed to come down quite a bit more. So on a, this is where it starts to become a sort of national issue. So nationally to invest in green infrastructure companies, so an air source heat pump is an affordable, viable alternative. The other things that that can help, various grants, so people can make all these changes to their homes. Because We do have a lot of housing stock. It's many, many years
0: old. Indeed. Well, it's uh, obviously a complex issue that we're all going to be grappling with over the next few years. And uh, uh, let's hope that this pilot project um, helps start at least some local homes on that journey. Councillor Taylor, thank you very much indeed for explaining that to us. Now, Councillor Taylor also said that once the pilot is completed, which he says will be in September this year, their findings will be made public. And I'm sure that we will uh, get Councillor Taylor back to talk about those findings here on Radio Verulam. Nigel Harvey recently appeared in court as a result of taking part in an Extinction Rebellion protest back in October 2019. I spoke to him to find out what it had been like, and I started by asking him what exactly he'd done to end
2: up in court. Well, it was way back in October twenty nineteen. I was sitting peacefully in the street in Trafalgar Square. I was arrested, I spent a night in the in 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 a cell in Wood Green Police Station, released, and then about six months later charged and. Uh, I decided to plead not guilty and the charge finally resulted in me me being uh, tried last week.
0: And Nigel, so why exactly were you sat in the middle of the road um, in London?
2: It was to raise the, the attention to the climate crisis. And the problem is, everything else seems to have failed so far. And you know, I'm sure, like many listeners, I've done the best I, I, I can to try to reduce my own carbon footprint. I've written to my MP. I've, um, I've tried to encourage others to, uh, to reduce their carbon footprint. Um, and yet, despite everything that we've all collectively done, the emissions keep on rising. And that's because it's not just down to personal decisions. Actually, there are systematic changes that are needed. And the government aren't making those changes. And so uh, that's the basis on which Extinction Rebellion operate, that everything else has failed. So we use peaceful, nonviolent civil disobedience, such as sitting in the road, as a way of raising the profile of the climate crisis and drawing attention to it and, and trying to pressure government to make the changes that are necessary.
0: OK, so um, as a result of your protest, as you say, you ended up in court. This was a virtual sitting, wasn't it?
2: That's right. Yes. COVID, because of Covid and the the, the difficulties in travelling, I attended uh, by online session. So, uh, you know, I was appearing on a large television screen in one corner of the court and I could see the three magistrates and the, uh, the prosecutor and um, witnesses as well.
0: Okay, um, and you say you pleaded not guilty.
2: Were you given the opportunity to give the reasons for what you'd done? I, I was, and it was. I, I, I made it very clear that I am really worried about the future and the climate crisis. David Attenborough put it nearly two years ago. He said, "If we have not taken dramatic action within the next decade, we risk." Irreversible damage to the natural world and the collapse of our societies. And Mark Carney, a former governor of the Bank of England, put it just just a week or so ago. He said on the BBC that we will have by the middle of this century the number of deaths that we get for COVID every year. So COVID is currently resulting in about 100,000 deaths in the UK and two and a half million worldwide, talking that number of deaths every year and rising as a result of the climate crisis. Okay.
0: So you told the magistrates this. What did they say?
2: they said and this was a bit disappointing they said the climate crisis is not of uh, of interest to the court all they looked at was very narrowly the um the legalities of whether i was sitting in the road or not and the truth is I, I i was and so my reasons for doing it didn't uh, count to a, a hill of beans uh, when um, w- when they took their decision but okay so so the, the magistrates didn't seem interested. You
0: were fined £331. Do you still feel it was worth what you did?
2: Oh, it absolutely was. And honestly, I would prefer to be in court defending my actions now than being looking at my grandchildren in the eye in 25 years' time and trying to justify my prior In action,
0: it it sounds like you'd be quite happy to do this again. What what do your family think about what happened? That they were actually um, in the virtual court as well, um, looking at what went
2: on. They were, and that it was quite emotionally draining because I had my wife Claire and all three children, Pasco, Perrin, and Carenza, and I was talking very honestly about the fact that I'm worried about their, their their futures and uh, they were obviously listening into that but nevertheless they were they have all said that they are proud of what i did and and thank me for what i've done and i have no intention of stopping now uh, as i said before nothing else seems to have worked and so this seems to me the most effective way in which we can really drive our politicians to uh, to make a difference to start changing in a meaningful way
0: Nigel Harvey, thank you very much for explaining that to us. If you missed last week's show, then go to RadioRevelum.com forward slash podcast to hear the Reverend Dr. Kevin Walton, Canon Chancellor at St. Albans Cathedral, giving us a fascinating taster into their Lent events entitled Treading Lightly on God's Earth. The events are weekly until the 24th of March and you can still book on St. Albans Cathedral website. Do stay in touch via Twitter at RV underscore or on the Environment Matters Facebook page. Or you can drop me a line on Amanda at RadioVerulam.com. Always love to hear about comments that you have about the show or ideas or stories that you would like us to cover. Do tune in next week when we'll hear from local boys Seb and Sam and about their super environmental fundraising. Until then, thank you for listening.